he made Brady for at least a large part of that game look 44 years old. Let's let's address it. I'm not sure how many passing. You can look up the passing yards. The number that is important to me is 22 for 43. Yeah, that. He, hey, Belichick's defense. You know what? Because I'm a Dolphins fan, the, the, I was looking at the game. I'm like, you know what? In retrospect, two have played a really good game. Very, very much so. And you know what's so weird about that, too, when you mention that? I watched the game, and I said, you know how weird sports is? I said, sports is weird enough to make us going into this game, hype it up to be, we're going to get our answer. We're going to get our answer. Who was who was responsible for it? Belichick or Brady? Belichick or Brady? And at the end of it, the only answer that's possible is both. Yeah, both. I mean, Because Brady looked absolutely horrible against Belichick's defense. Yet Brady found a way to win. And New England's offense also looked bad without Tom at the helm. I mean, not the entire game. I, I get it. You know, Mac. Mac and cheese. You can let me know if we're ever going to revisit this or if I should just shut up. Mac and cheese. They were eventually going to go with Mac Jones anyway. Yeah. At what point do we say that Cam Newton – May have done better. Or do we not say it at all? Because they were going to go with the rookie eventually anyway. I don't know. I, it's more of a projection because, I mean, based on his first season, we can't say that he would have done better because, I mean, he was bad last year as a passer. I like it. I like your point. But, I mean, projecting, I mean, yeah, another year in the system. Better, better options. Better options. Nikhil Harry has improved every year in the league. Yes, he has. He had a really solid season last year. Um, but I, I think it's just like, I don't know. I really have no idea. Belichick may not be your ideal coach for a couple of different reasons. I have let this be known for quite some time today. Or oh, no, don't, over the last couple don't of years. Le, don't let me. Uh, Talk to me. Don't get me wrong. Bill's the GOAT coach in any sport. Oh, for sure. Not uh, any I, sport? Any sport, in my opinion. The only Phil is nasty, bro. I don't know. You said Greg Popovich? I said Phil Jackson is nasty. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Bill on. Belichick, uh, dude is... I like how, like, yeah, Bill will, like, respect great players, but, like, when it comes to Ed Reed, it's different. Like, he really looked – like, Ed Reed, you could tell he looks at as, like, a guy that's maybe even above him. <laughs> like, he's fascinated by Ed Reed's mind. Passionate. And I think ESPN, Sports Center, Westgate, the Superbook, somebody knew where we were going next because – Maybe it was just me trying to transition to the next topic. But I have let it be known plenty of times on this show. I don't care about X's and O's. I don't care about winning games. When I see the decision-making of Urban Meyer, it leads me to believe that he is not a leader of men. Maybe anymore or, ever. or whatever the case may be. But the more and more that he makes decisions, 
leads me to believe that Urban Meyer is not a leader of men. Now, I'm not even going to get into why Urban Meyer is in trouble. Specifically. Aside from the fact that... Wait, pause. Time out. Aside from the fact that you played the Cincinnati Bengals in Ohio, you look lit as hell. However, this is the part that I cannot get over. He's walking around in Ohio State coaching gear. I can't make it up, guys. I You're making horrible decisions while still representing that school. You have got to make better decisions, Urban Meyer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you guys want me to say aside from Urban Meyer's decision-making. Confuses me. Now, somebody, I don't even know who actually tweeted it out, and this is bothering me now. But just like Marcus Spears said when he tweeted it, he retweeted the um, – or he quote-tweeted the thread and said, but I'm tripping. And basically it was an NFL insider who was opening up about some of the different sources around the Jacksonville Jaguars saying that the main thing that caught my eye – and this goes back to being a leader of men – one player didn't like the fact that Urban Meyer canceled the team meeting that next day. Most people would think players are happy. To not have to go to a team meeting, right? The players saw that as a lack of accountability. Isn't that what Urban Meyer has shown us at every level he's gone? Correct me if I'm wrong, but... uh, You're right. He was the coach of those infamous Florida teams. A hundred percent. And let me just go over some of the characters that were on those teams. Without being too graphic, please. We had the uh, the lovely, caring young men known as the Pouncy Twins. Yes. Um, we had Percy Harvin. We did. Um, it was a great football team. Oh, no, amazing football team. <laughs> it was an amazing football team. I'm missing so. Uh, you had Cam Newton. You had Tim Cam Tebow. Newton. Oh, Janoris Jenkins. Shout out to Jackrabbit. Janoris Jenkins. Um, we have... Uh, he who shall not be named, the Grim Reaper. Uh, number eighty-one. And then at the center of it all, you have Mister Youth Pastor Timothy Tebow, Tebow. leading it all. I I do think hearing Tebow break one of those huddles just would have been interesting to see. That's it. Um, I want to know. But Urban Meyer's decision making, and I, and I know we're not trying to get too t- too tied into that Florida team, but I think, it, honestly, I think when it's that unique. No, it needs to be talked about. It needs to, I'm sorry. That's, that's. No, but here's the problem with what we're doing. A lot of those things, those decision makers, those decisions that those kids made then, I'm going to say it one more time. Those decisions that those children made then, was allowed by Urban Meyer. Because they could play football well. Like I said, we can go back to Ohio State and look at his assistant coaches that he's enabling when there's possible domestic violence going on in their home. This is the guy that got the first shot to coach Trevor Lawrence at the NFL level. 
It bothers me. And it's going to continue to bother me until Urban Meyer is no longer the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Which may... Uh, it won't be long. Yeah, I don't think so. Because they... Uh, we talked about it earlier this year, and I said Urban Meyer will be out of there in a year. And everybody looked at me and said, you don't think he'll get a couple of them with Trevor Lawrence? Urban Meyer will be out of Jacksonville in one year. Or less. Or less. Part of me yeah. wants to pick... The Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend, because they're playing the Tennessee Titans, who are 2-2, two and two, they're 0-4, they're at home. This is the time when you probably get your first win. I think the Urban Meyer effect works in reverse, and I think Jacksonville can't get off the snide. Trevor doesn't look good, man. But then again— The Jacksonville Jaguars don't look good from the top to bottom. Yeah. Get Although well he, soon, Trevor, DJ Chark. Yeah, absolutely. But Trevor has had moments where I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy is. He can play quarterback. He's no, I, But, yeah, but he has moments where I'm like, oh, he's going to be a star if he just channels that dark energy. And I'm not going to say that only because football is – these athletes are great athletes. You know what I mean? To get to that level. I've seen some quarterbacks with some great plays and still haven't really panned out too right, much. But, but what I mean is Trevor went number one for, like, I believe he's one of the best prospects that we've seen in a while. As far as quarterback. Yeah. Not I'm to not sound g- like that, too. I, I, four it, games. After four games, I'm not ready, you know. I don't want to, like, badmouth Trevor by no means. I do think he'll be great in this league. Um, I, I, I'll say good in this league just for the sake of the argument. But as I said before, no disrespect to Andrew Luck. But I heard all of these same things in a draft class that I was looking at Russell Wilson thinking, why is nobody talking about him? Yeah, Russell. Uh, Russell's so, a great quarterback, and maybe Russ is just different. But I, with even pulling Russ away from it, we heard Andrew Luck was the best college prospect since quarterback, definitely college product uh, prospect since Peyton Manning. And now we're getting Trevor Lawrence, and we've heard for the last two seasons Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. We may get to a point very, very soon where we realize that Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning. I mean. As far as prospect goes, no. Trevor's resume is ridiculous. <laughs> Before he got to the NFL, his resume the thing is unbelievable. Is obviously, because I mean, you got Aaron, Tom. I mean, we don't have we don't have to go down the line of like. As far as prospect goes, yeah, prospect. Panning out is different, but I still think he's gonna be really, really good. Uh, I mean, hell, even Peyton threw 28 picks his first season. The most in league history. He almost had a Jameis. I thought about that recently, too. He threw 28. And he didn't throw 30 touchdowns. And what's crazy is if that was like, if Peyton Manning in 2021 threw 28 interceptions in a season, the team would give up on him. Immediately. Which is so crazy to think about, like, where we are, like, you know. Matthew Stafford was fifth on that list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark Sanchez had 20. I think Matthew Stafford had 19 or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, I m- remember that Matt Stafford game against Cleveland. On, on I remember a lot of Matthew Stafford games, and let's move on. But against Cleveland on Thanksgiving as a rookie, those five TDs. I do remember that. Why do I remember that? That was one of the craziest games. That's when I knew, even though he was having a terrible rookie year, I was looking, I'm like, the storyline became how bad the Browns were. 
Which is crazy because you watch that game, you're like, wow, Matt Stafford's incredible. Which he was. Matthew Stafford. We, we've been telling you guys for the last 10 years Matthew Stafford is really good at football. Um, you know who else is really good at football? Well, at least picking football games? Me. No, yeah, um, you're up there. You are first. Hey, man. It's new. It's new. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think – and this is funny because – I, I do this a lot, th- these pick them during NFL seasons with a lot of people oftentimes who who don't know as much about the sport as they think they do. So I'll watch some of their picks certain weeks, and I'm just like, okay, cool. However, Duna has been in first place for the first three weeks of this four-week season so far. I finally get past him by going 12 and 4 this week. So now I'm 42 and 21 overall. Duna's a game behind at 41 and 22. However, Duna and Daryl went 10 and 6 this week. And now I'm just kind of looking at where we all hover around. We all hover around 10 or 6 and better. I think this this week, I don't remember what I, I think I 8 and 8 or something. You went 9 and 7 this week. That Jets game, I, I knew Tennessee. It, it, it threw us all off. I get that Tennessee was without uh, A.J. Brown and, and Julio, but, like, really? <laughs> like, really, bro? <laughs> like, are you – Congratulations to Robert Sala. Congratulations to Zach Wilson. Yeah, congrats. Nice and all, but <laughs> hurt my record, man. Like, I was like, really, bro? But, see, the, you, you can't get mad at that because everybody missed that one. I think the one, like, that people should kind of get mad at, and I I guess this is kind of tooting my own horn, but the weeks where everybody else gets one game wrong or everybody else gets the week wrong, we all pick KC. Duna was the only one that picked Baltimore. Yeah, he picked Baltimore. (laughs) I'm the only person that picked the Chargers this week. It was – I was a little surprised because I was looking at you guys like, do you guys think the Raiders are going to go undefeated? So they got to lose one of these games, right? I don't know why I didn't pick the Chargers. I just thought all the signs were obviously Chargers. I made, I made the choices too quickly <laughs> without thinking them through. Hey, man. I don't know why I thought Minnesota was going to beat Cleveland. I took that one, too. I took that one, too. And with the way that the game went, 14-7 for, to, in order. That's a crazy. In 2021, that's an insane score. To that's have. not the way that works. That's not the way that works. Yeah, they have good defenses, but, you know, 14-7 to is a wild score. That's a, that probably was one of the worst games to go to. Probably was a really weird game to watch. Yeah, no, that was a god-awful game. I'm not going to lie. Even if they put up 30 and 40 points apiece, Cleveland and Minnesota looks like a nasty game to go to. Hey, man, I don't think the Falcons get five games this year. They're a really bad team. They're like a bad What would that be, five and 12? Yeah. Oh, yeah, five and – yeah. Hey, man. They're a really bad football team. Oh, I didn't see the Giants walking into New Orleans and beating them in New Orleans. Daryl did. Good for him. I don't know what he saw. If it was in New York, I might have agreed. Maybe see it, but, like, in New Orleans? I, I wouldn't know what he saw then. Yeah, no, I was just trying to, like, yeah, no. I. <laughs> he got that one. Uh, he might be the only one that got that one, but needless to say, he you got it. the Saints, right? I did. Yeah. I did. I don't think I picked against the Saints yet this year except for us. I haven't picked up against Green Bay this year. I, I probably won't with the way that this is going. But um, 
let's talk some some hometown football. Who's we talked. Th- who's the Thursday night game? This week? Yeah. You would have to look that up for me. I thought I knew NFL it. Schedule 2021. You want the standings first of all for this week? I'm in first place at 42 and 21. Duna's a game behind 41 and 22. Third place is Daryl. He's a game behind a lot. He's two games behind Duna, three games behind me. He's 39 and 24. You are a game behind Daryl. You're 38 and 25. Four games separate the first spot to the fourth spot. Tyler is slightly slipping behind. He's in the fifth slot. He's 35 and 28. He's seven games behind currently. Um, yeah, I mentioned it. I mentioned hometown football. Let's talk Raiders. I don't really want to talk UNLV. They're in the midst of a bye week, hoping that the team can get healthier. The team has already already played their last game without six starters, and now they lost two other starters in that uh, game at UTSA. We'll see. We'll see what this see. what and it's, uh, next Rams, season looks like. Rams Seahawks tomorrow night. That's amazing. That's gonna be a good, well Thursday night games can be weird, but that's a good matchup though. Yeah, talk to me in the morning. I'll tell you how I feel in the morning. I'm not giving you my pick tonight. Um, okay. Sorry, guys. If you were at home waiting to see what we are going to pick, maybe I'll tweet it out, but I'm not picking my pick right now. Going back to that Raider game on Monday night, 28-14 to 14 in favor of the Chargers. Derek Carr threw for 196 yards. 21 of 34, two touchdowns and an interception. The team didn't score into the third quarter. Here's the thing. I've said this for quite some time. Las Vegas fans have been saying, oh, we need a new quarterback, we need another quarterback, we need another quarterback. And I've said that I don't believe that this team, or this city rather, knows what a bad quarterback looks like. I don't think they've seen one yet. Yeah, Derek is solid. Very solid quarterback. Derek is a very good NFL quarterback. I will say right now, and this is where I'll probably piss their family off, but this is where I say right now that Derek Carr is better right now than David Carr was at any point. That may not be saying much for a lot of people. Derek Carr has... Yeah, I said Derek Carr is better than David. Isn't that I what I said? said Derek. Okay. I mean, yeah. Derek. You thought I said David is better than Derek? No, uh, I think you said Derek twice. Twice? Let me go ahead and repeat My brain, that. No, nah, maybe I don't know. I'm gonna repeat it just to make sure I'm right. Derek Carr today for the Las Vegas Raiders is a better quarterback than David Carr ever was in the NFL. Oh yeah, that's yeah. And that's why I said it may not be saying much to a lot of people, but to Raider fans here in Las Vegas. Swap car brothers. Just yeah. go get his brother. Yeah. Where are you guys at for the last five years? Off topic, but you want to talk about somebody that, like, that got failed by their franchise their rookie year? Derek Carr. Or, excuse me, David, David Carr. I mean, that sack record still holds. Crazy. I don't even know what the sack record was, but I know it was un- it was astronomical. He was seeing ghosts, like, Hey, the offensive line 
I don't even know who's on that Texans offensive line. I'm not even going to look it up. They're not waste my. They're not worth my time. They should be ashamed of themselves. You're not going to like this, but you brought that up, and this is where I was going with that. Derek Carr, with these numbers, people are saying, oh, they have a bad quarterback, they have a bad quarterback. Still two touchdowns to one interception. However, your quarterback was sacked four times. Derek Carr has had his success this season with the offensive line that is still getting it together. Derek Carr uh, in that little that little uh flingy deep ball he has now. Yeah. I like it. He's had for a little bit too, I think. He's brought it out, I feel like. It's a little a little new style. For sure. Like he's added a little flair to it. It could just be the confidence level too. Yeah. It could be just a confidence level in understanding that excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me, and understanding that you have a Henry Ruggs who's going to run under the ball. Hey, man, people in Las Vegas have never seen Jay Feely or Cleo Lemon play quarterback for their team. Cleo Lemon. That's right. Wow. Cleo Lemon, Jay Feely. Great job. Shout out to Gus Farad. He was. Shout out to Gus. He, uh, he was a bright spot in a lot of. They've never seen John Beck take snaps. That is a wild name that you just pulled out. You've never seen yourself trying to convince yourself that Chad Henney was a good quarterback. I don't think Chad Henney's that bad. I'm sorry. I don't think he's the hottest quarterback, but he's not well, the Well, he's worst. not a franchise That's what I mean. You're, <laughs> Dolphins fans, including myself, are like, nah, Henney's going to be the guy. Hey, man. Hey, listen. Everybody can't go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. I didn't like the way Brett, or excuse me, I didn't like, and I'm getting out of here. I didn't like the way Aaron Rodgers and Tom and Mike Tomlin were staring at each other on the sidelines. I didn't like that. Uh, I'm gonna move on, but <laughs> Joey Bosa, shout out to my guy Jerron. Jerron hit me and uh, sent me this on Instagram, and he said, like, essentially, what do you think about this? He sent me the post game presser with Joey Bosa where he was asked about his his holding call well his lack of a holding call when he nearly sacked uh Derek Carr and ended the game Joe Let's see how much fun I want to have today. How much fun you want to have today, Selene? I always like to have some fun. Let's see what we got here. Let's see if this works. Penalty on me because I was fuming, but I mean, refs are. I'm going back. He said he didn't know that they called the penalty on him because he was fuming. Now let's listen to it. Penalty on me because I was fuming, but I mean, refs are blind. Simple. I'm sorry, but you're blind. Like, open your eyes and do your job. It's so bad. Unbelievable. I mean, look at the play. Sack, game over, 15 yards. It's a big deal. Um, obviously, that's on me. I should never lose my control like that. But these guys have got to do a better job because it's been years of terrible, terrible missed calls left and right. It's uh, 
really pathetic, honestly, but pathetic on me too for for doing what I did. Call or not, I have to take a step back and just go to the next play. But man, they just seem to not be have their eyes open half the time. I didn't even. You know what I want to say? Absolutely, and I'm trying to jump in before you say it. Let me not say it. Every time he took accountability, he said but. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Reminds me of somebody. Actually, no, because that person never actually took accountability for anything. At all. At all. Somebody told me that. Remember when he had the largest in inauguration crowd <laughs> in history? And then they showed him pictures, and he was like, oh, well, somebody told me that. Who told you? It doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who t- it doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. Hey, I always say, you know, the Bible is my favorite book. My second is the art of the deal. Can you read us a passage of the Bible? No, I don't I don't think I will. It's personal. Can you? Are you a New Testament guy, Old Testament? Oh, they're all great. All the books are great. They're all great. They're all fantastic. Just like all the presidents are great, right? Except for one that he had it all for. Um, let's Let's just be honest. Jerron sent me that and was like, do you think anybody else would be able to get away with this? A couple things stood out to me in the video when he said refs are blind, everything else, yada, 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 whatever the case may be. I laughed because the reporter said, do you care to elaborate? Joey Bosa elaborated. <laughs> I'm so confused. I, Jerron, to answer your question, I don't know if anybody else in the league can do that. Um... Especially a person of color, I don't know how quickly that would have been fine. I still haven't heard anything about a Joey Bosa fine. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe they kept it under wraps. I don't think Joey Bosa is gonna get fined. Um, I did want to get into what kind of prepping for the. MLB postseason. I'll get into that shortly, but my dad had his tip in from today. And it's pretty important because in the last 24 hours, there have been two roster moves of pro bowlers that have that has the NFL world buzzing. After the tease of the New England New England Patriots cornerback and 2019 defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore possibly going to Green Bay. He was eventually traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2023 six-round pick. I'm going to pause it there. I'm going to address two things. First thing I'm going to address, you ready? When I heard that that Stephon Gilmore was going to be released from, or had been released from, which we'll get into that later because they definitely reported that he was released and that he got traded. How do you trade somebody that was just released? Anyway, when that news had broke that he was being released from the New England Patriots and Devontae Adams said, call me. I told my dad I had about all of eight minutes to be excited. Because shortly thereafter, Stephon Gilmore was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Who might I add? Stephon Gilmore owns a house that is eight doors down from the Carolina Panthers general manager. Doesn't that count as tampering, even if we don't know they've had a conversation? Yeah, I think it should. Fam, eight doors down? Yeah. Maybe I'm just talking like a scoring Packer fan, but I think we need to look into that. 
No, we we definitely need to get in. We how I, long has he lived there? Have they ever spoke? And I don't doors. care. And eight doors is very. I've lived next to people for a long time. How you know it's eight? That's what I mean. Like I, I can tell you like <laughs> two, three, but eight. They, I don't know. My friend lives eight doors down. If I know it's eight doors down, yeah. that's my friend. Yeah, no, you know him too well. <laughs> and then my second point in hearing that is it definitely made my ear stand up when Bill Belichick accepted a 2023 six-round pick for Stephon Gilmore. Belichick is usually smarter than the rest of us. Yeah, I kind of looked. I don't know, man. When I saw Devontae Parker just completely demolish Stephon Gilmore last season, and when I say demolish, I mean he made him his son. <laughs> Belichick hasn't forgotten. No disrespect to Stephon Gilmore, but uh, <laughs> already disrespected him. Yeah, no, that was great. I'm sorry, that was rude. Um, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. It was funny because that was truly in the moment right now. <laughs> no disrespect to him. Uh, kind of already did. But going back to the tip in, I, I knew at that point I was like, because corners are great, and then one day they're just not. Like it doesn't. A lot of times. Tell that to Richard Sherman. Hey, man. Tell it to Richard Sherman. He's not bad, but he's not that good anymore. But overall, I mean, like, a lot of corners, they go from just being, like, really good, and then you don't pay attention a couple weeks, and they're bad. Xavier Rhodes. I'm not going to say a name, but, yeah, I'm going to let it rock. Xavier Rhodes is the number one. I mean... There's there's some names that come to mind. Oh, there's I just a lot don't of names. It's it's just I think it's unfair. That's such a hard position to play. No, of course, and that's what I mean. But like, I think when a cornerback is is done, they're done. Maybe Belichick knows something that we don't. My dad says this really was eventually going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was eventually going to happen, given the fact that Gilmore was clearly unhappy and contract negotiations were going nowhere. The other move was another Pro Bowler. Down in Dallas, of course, with Jalen Smith being released. My dad said, this shocked most, but not really me. I think I texted him in a moment and said I was shocked. He said, I saw the writing on the wall from draft day when the Cowboys were publicly known, or when it was, when it was publicly known that the Cowboys were in search of a shutdown corner. But when J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan II were taken before the Cowboys could pick, their plans changed. Hiccup, sorry. Their plans changed. He said they went linebacker hunting and grabbed probably the best linebacker, if not the best athlete in the draft, in Micah Parsons in the first round and Jabril Cox in the fourth. And after picking up safety Keanu Neal and making it clear that they were moving him to linebacker, these moves, I believe, served notice to Jalen Smith and the often injured Leighton Vander Esch that there would be changing that there would be a changing of the guard coming soon in the linebacker crew. I personally think that Vander Esch staying relatively healthy through training camp, preseason, and the first four games of the season saved his roster spot. Thanks, Jalen, for everything, and we will be seeing you soon because somebody is licking their chops to pick you up. My dad sent me that tip in at 3 p.m. I thought it was like 3 a.m. That'd be really funny. He sent it to me at 3 p.m. I text him back at 3.05 a screenshot with the text that said, nice doing business with you. Because Jalen Smith, upon release, agreed to terms with the Green Bay Packers. Do you like that move? I absolutely love the move. 
I love the move. I do think him being around Zadarius Smith and him being around Preston Smith is going to make him not have to be that 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 A guy. He's not even going to have to be the B guy. All Jalen Smith has to do is stay healthy. Not to sound like that, but A.J. Hawk, when he won a Super Bowl for us, wasn't the A guy, wasn't the B guy. He wasn't, like, at his peak. If you go back to that defense, Charles Woodson broke his collarbone in the first quarter. So he didn't play that Super Bowl. That's still such a crazy injury. Like, but crazy it's injury. one of the weirdest injuries. My brother broke his, and I don't know. My brother literally was leaning, and it just makes no sense to me because, like he said, it hurts, but he can't hold it up. Confusing. But you go back to that championship or that Super Bowl Green Bay team, Clay Matthews was high on that, was the leader on that defense, if it wasn't uh, Charles Wilson, it was Charles Wilson. But if it wasn't Charles Wilson, you would go um, Clay Matthews. And even then, in his rookie season, Sam Shields. Excuse me. Bless you. Woo. Sam Shields has had monster provided a spark that led him to be one of those one of those voices that, like you said all the time, AJ Hawk's voice is going to be recognized regardless. However. When you back it up with the play on the field as well, you get Sam Shields being possibly a bigger voice. So I say all of that to say Jalen Smith left a crowded linebacker core to join a crowded linebacker core. But I think eyes will be less on him. And I think on top of that, too, he'll have less eyes or less expectations in bigger games. So, while I don't know if Jalen Smith is in our long-term plans, which he may not be, I think Jalen Smith can really set himself up to make a big payday this year by playing in some really meaningful games for Green Bay. Sorry, Dad. He probably wasn't going to get those meaningful games with you guys. So, I wanted to end the show with some baseball talk. <laughs> less than 10 minutes. Um, less than 10 minutes out of the show. Two wild card games are in the book. Both of them, I should say, are in the book. And every single season, the wild card games give us something to absolutely behold. And looking at these two, I was thinking that we were going to get two wild card games that we remembered forever. The first one took place last night between the Boston Red Sox hosting the New York Yankees, and I said, you know what? I said, if nothing else, these two teams playing in the postseason, I'm going to get a story. I'm going to get one of those moments where I can go tell somebody this story. I saw this game happen. I ultimately don't think it's going to be that for me, but I will say that it's going to be something that Nathan Eovaldi will be able to tell his kids moving forward. Nathan was – about as close to playoff perfect as you could be. I think it's really interesting that no matter what, when the Yankees are in the postseason, it's going to come down to that last strike. It does not matter. They're the Bronx Bombers for a reason. 
I think from that game, the most memorable play was probably Aaron Judge getting thrown out at home. That's what I was going to say. Because, w- first of all, I thought it was a home run to begin with. Yeah. it's. And the thing about the green monster that's crazy is that uh, early in the game, Stan just fucking – sorry. He just freaking demolished. First inning. And it went off the top. And it was a single. Off the, the top. Of, off the top of the green monster. Uh and I was just like, it's different over there, man. It's it's weird. And we just talked about it earlier, too, uh, or just a second ago, with Giancarlo Stanton. That may be another thing that I took away from this. Giancarlo Stanton went all last season getting beat up by the New York media because of how well he was not playing. Only to come into this wild card game. And the Yankees' biggest hits came from Gian- Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton has had reason to look around the clubhouse and say, I mean, one or two other hits, just hits at any point in the game, probably could have helped. Um, You couple that with a Dodger-Cardinal game that for me, like I said, Wednesday it was, we're going to get a story out of these wild card games. And even when I brought up the Dodgers and the Cardinals, I mentioned that the Cardinals always play the Dodgers tight. So it shouldn't surprise most that the Cardinals and the Dodgers were tied at one after the first inning. And that remained the score of the game until the bottom of the ninth where pinch hitter Chris Taylor would take a ball deep to center field. Uh oh. We'll take the ball deep to center field and secure a two run win for the Dodgers. Chris Taylor became an all star this year. Chris Taylor won the Roy Campanella Award for the Dodgers this year. We talk all the time about sports writing themselves in these situations. That's a story you tell your grandkids, man. If I hit a home run at Dodger Stadium to begin with, yeah, they're gonna hear that story. And it's so crazy because now with our, they can see that story. They can go back and watch the whole season and write it, rewrite it themselves. They could tell the story themselves. Listen, this is a podcast topic. Maybe not even podcast. This is just in general. As a history lover, one of the things I think about all the time is that how different history, like how it's gonna be. Re- we're recording history so day. It's going to be so easy for future history students. I swear to God. They're not going to have to dig through text. They're just going to have to like open like some whatever like converter they would use to watch our videos. Like just watch YouTube videos of games. <laughs> like in there. Oh, that happened. Like. And like, for whatever is worth, I don't want to see. I was about to be that guy. I'm, I'm going to do it. Whatever. I'm getting out of here as soon as I do it, though. You know that there's no footage of. Will Chamberlain's 100-point game. You can go watch all of 81 from being. Yes, you can. All of them. You can go watch all 81 from being. Salim, you got anything else on this beautiful Wednesday? That's it for me. It's it for you? That means it's it for me. Until next time, guys. Keep on talking.